because if you truly love what you're doing with every ounce of your heart and soul, then it's infectious. Like people can tell. And I think that's definitely something that I think is super important. Hello and welcome to The Social Acre Show. I'm your host, Terry, principal and founder of The Social Acre Agency. This podcast is home for trailblazers and unconventional doers for all things business, entrepreneurship, mindset, and motivation. You will hear the honest edges of entrepreneurship, tools and habits to help grow yourself and your business, solo episodes from myself, as well as expansive stories from a wide range of guest speakers. Each week, you will leave feeling like you're not alone on the journey to wanting more. You can expect to feel inspired and empowered to get off the fence and take action. So pull up a chair and join the conversation. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Social Acre Show. Today, I have the honor of being here with Emily Cecile. She's the founder of Cecile Creative Studio and brings all her skills to the table to help passionate female entrepreneurs to expand what's possible through the power of intentional branding and marketing. Emily, so pumped to have you on the podcast today. Without further ado, please give my audience a deep dive into who you are, how you got started on this creative journey, and what really led you to create your studio. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I guess journey is a little bit unconventional in that I started my studio when I was five months postpartum, so I'd freshly had a baby. But prior to that, I went to university for fashion communication, which is just like a whole whole world of things. But the main thing that I learned there was branding, mm. because anyone who worked in the fashion industry knows it's all about brand, both mm. brands themselves and actually personal brands as well. I, like trying to get a job in the fashion industry is just as hard as being a brand in the industry, because you have to have a brand for yourself as well. It's really about who you know, not what you know. Mm-hmm. But looking back, that's the best thing I learned while I was there. It was all about branding. And it's one of those things where you don't see it until you look back and you can kind of connect those dots. Yeah. I loved my degree. It was fast track. So it was really intense. And that's just kind of how I work. And I also did advertising for a magazine while I was there. So I kind of got to see like the PR side of things, which was fun Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So I did that for a couple of years living in London, decided that I no longer wanted to be in London. So I moved back to Devon. So I'm very, I'm a country girl. I live here now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I moved back to Devon and I was like, well, I'm just going to be an artist now. This is where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. And to cut a long story short, I kind of mixed between business and art for the next couple of years until I fell pregnant. And then obviously was being a mum for the first five months. And then at that point I was like, I need something to get back to like who I am and I think a lot of moms go through that is you kind of lose yourself a little bit yeah and then I was like cool I'm gonna do branding so I started my studio and here we are (laughs) such a such an amazing journey of highs and lows and like different you know a lot of pivots within that space as well what helped you if you don't mind me kind of going in this direction what helped you find yourself more so and you had this awakening, this epiphany to open your branding studio. You knew you were passionate about that. 
Was there like a light bulb moment or a decision you made or something that you experienced that made you just sit there and decide like, okay, this is what I'm going to do? What did that look like? So, I mean, when my son was five months old, so he was doing a lot of naps at that point. So it gave me a lot of time to like read. Mm -hmm. And I kind of realized that branding was a mixture of all of the things that I loved. It's like, it's business and it's art and it's kind of the beautiful mix of where those things come together. So I took a brand strategy course and I fell in love. I literally fell in love. It was just everything that I'd done up to that point all mixed into this one thing and I fell in love with it and yeah, have been loving it ever since. (laughs) Yeah, branding really is an amazing combination for people who are creative, but also like the strategy side of things. That's why I love branding because it's like this outlet where you get to express your passion for business because you get to work with clients and make sales. But when you're actually working on a project, you have the opportunity to be so creative. And I think branding is an amazing outlet in that in that regard. So I love that. I love that you found something where you've been able to combine multiple things that you're passionate about. And in that, you probably feel like you're living a more aligned life because now you feel like all these pieces that you were searching for are in one little bundle. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really empowering. It's also allowing you to live more intentional. But what I want to kind of shift the conversation into, something I actually feel a lot of people may struggle with, but don't necessarily talk about, is the complexity of evolving with your brand, but also staying true to yourself. Because as we get older, as we experience more in our lives, we start to change our minds about things. Maybe we entered a business that, you know, we had this vision for our business and we loved it at the time. And then two years later, you feel like you've almost outgrown that thing, that service, that person, whatever it may be. And a lot of people come on my podcast. We talk about business strategy. We talk about brand strategy, which are all great conversations at certain points in your life. That's what you need. And they're super empowering to have. But what we don't confront is like what it looks like to grow your brand when your vision changes, when you're kind of wanting to make a pivot. So can maybe you paint a picture for us of what it has looked like over the years to evolve with your brand, to make sure you're still in alignment with what you're doing, what action you have taken, how has your vision changed or has it changed? And how did you kind of respond to those shifts personally and professionally? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I first started like doing branding, I was very fresh to the branding world and Mm. I kind of tried to fit myself into the box of what I thought a branding studio should be Mm. because I was so new. I was like, you know, I need to fit into this world. I mean, mistake number one, literally what I tell everyone, don't try and copy your competitors. But when you're just starting out, you have that imposter syndrome. You're like, okay, they look like that. I should probably do what they're doing. And I think that's like the biggest mistake that you can do because I think by leveraging what makes you so like what your unique skills and your past and all of the things that make you you by leveraging that and one other thing which I'm going to mention I think by doing that you create a brand that's like sustainable for the long term because Mm -hmm. if you truly love what you're doing with every ounce of your heart and soul then it's infectious like people can tell and I think that's definitely something that I think is super important and I think the other way to keep a brand that if you did want to pivot is through focus on your audience. Mm. Obviously in brand strategy, we know the audience is key to everything. And I think having that end goal 
of what your audience is looking for and that end result of what they're looking for in your mind 24 seven, it should run through everything that your business does. Mm-hmm. And I think that what makes this so important for when you're pivoting is that that end goal specifically can be the same, even if your vehicle for that changes. Mm. Like for example, one of my long-term clients is a web developer and she helps business owners create sales, create bigger impact in their business through website development and design. Mm-hmm. And fundamentally, my goal for my audience is the same end goal, but my vehicle for that looks very different to hers. Right. So I think if you're looking to pivot, I think the end focus of your audience's transformation should be the same. It's just figuring out what vehicle you want to switch that to. Yeah. I love that perspective because I think a lot of business owners, myself included, feel like when we want to maybe either get rid of a service or shift the service or get rid of it completely, we overthink it in the sense that we're so worried that our audience isn't going to come with us. But like you said, you can shift things around and have that same end goal while taking your audience with you and also acknowledging that it's okay if something isn't working. I think that that's also really powerful because as entrepreneurs, we experiment a lot. We may offer a service for one year. It might go really well, and then it might not feel aligned anymore. It doesn't mean you have to change your business. We sometimes have to audit our offer suites sometimes, and it can be challenging. I think in our own minds, we overthink a lot of how other people are going to respond to it. So can you kind of walk me through maybe some steps you would take if you were shifting things around in your business, how to make sure that your brand strategy you have with your audience is staying in the know, staying looped in to where your business is shifting? How can we include our audience in that regard? Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. I think it's one of those things that a, we definitely overthink. Yeah. I don't know whether that's a creative, like a creative business owner specifically overthinks a little bit more. <laughs> but yeah, I think definitely overthinking it. But having the ability for that flow and that change and moving things and shifting things, I think is actually really powerful for your business because you're learning what works and you're learning what's the most impactful for the people that you're serving. Mm-hmm. And I think that should be like a super empowering thing. Like I've learned that this is actually a better way of me helping you. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm changing it. And I think that's, yeah. So it's something that maybe it's like a reframe in our mind from being like, oh, I'm changing. This isn't working as well as it could to this other way is actually going to be working so much better for them. And they deserve that because mm-hmm. I can create that impact. I believe that life is too short to be in a position that limits your impact. And I believe that you are here for a reason. What change do you crave? What is it about your business that lights you up? The visions you're having about the impact you can have and the change you seek is real and it can become your reality. My one-on-one coaching program is a -a one-of-a-kind approach to business that merges strategic mentorship with done for you. So you can have accountability with built-in deliverables so you can really move the needle. The result? We will build a memorable brand, elevate your authority, and amplify your impact through conscious strategy, possibility-based marketing, and PR. Join the movement, click the link in the show notes to book a call with me and get an outline of how you can build a memorable brand. Can you maybe walk us through some of the strategies you've used to help yourself evolve with your brand or any techniques that have been effective for you as you grow and change in keeping your brand aligned and keeping your audience engaged? 
Yeah, so I actually recently did a service overhaul, basically, where I basically shifted all of my offers. And it's something that I am focusing on more with clients. I just did one this week, actually, with a client creating a really strategic offer suite for them. And so my personal preference is getting really clear on the ideal client that you want to serve and then creating your offer suite around different points in that journey for them. And I think that's a way that not only creates like a massive amount of revenue growth for you, because we all know it's a lot easier to get a repeat client than it is to get a brand new client, Mm -hmm. but also just to build something. So for example, like you're taking a brand new business owner and you're taking them on a journey to them being like whatever, 20K months, whatever it wants to be, like you can take people on a real journey. And I don't think that, I think a lot of people want to throw everything into one service and like get it all in and be like, I can help you in so many ways, but we're kind of doing them a disservice because it's overwhelming. So like if you can break it down a bit and take each step as it comes and bring them along that journey and take them on that journey, then not only is it better for you, but it's better for them. Yeah, that's so interesting because I think a lot of creatives try to create these bundled offers because naturally we just want to serve people. We want to help them. And I've actually had to like draw myself back a few times when I'm on a sales call because sometimes you get on these calls and you're like, oh my God, there's so many different ways I can help you. In that moment, you want to offer everything. And then you basically have a mess on your hands because then you're emailing them this customized package that took you five hours to make. So I think the whole thing about creating like this simplified offer suite, but also focusing on the fact that that journey is actually going to help them more if we break it down. It's something I constantly have to bring myself back to. Because when I first started my business, it was overwhelming in the sense that I constantly wanted to over-deliver and I wanted to give them everything they were asking me all at once. And that's another thing. I think like setting the boundaries with people who may be asking you for a hundred things, but you being the professional, knowing that they need to start with one thing and not being afraid to tell them that like, look, I know you want a lot right now, but we actually just have to start with X instead of X, Y, Z. That's something I've had to learn over time because it is easy to get on a sales call and be like, yep, like sign the contract for five different things. We're good to go. Yeah. That also (laughs) burns you out as well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it is when you're starting, you just want to do everything. You're like, I can do all of these things. But like, I think over time, you grow that confidence to know that you can say, like, eventually, you probably can have all these things. But like me knowing what's probably best for you at this point, this is what we should start with. Yeah. I've also always said too, I've come to learn that like, just because you are good at something doesn't necessarily mean you need to offer it as a service. Cause I think that's how we create super complicated, messy businesses. Yeah. And I think that's something as an entrepreneur, what's driving you is really serving others. So it's so hard to like control that need to make money off of everything that you think you're good at. But I think knowing where your strengths and weaknesses lie, but also knowing that you don't have to create like an offer for everything that you have a strength in is really powerful and can change the way that you show up and be more intentional about the way that you conduct business because it can get really messy and overwhelming. So I love that. Yeah, definitely. So that's one of my uh, favorite phrases that like my favorite quotes is that uh, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. And I think that can apply to so many different areas of life, but business definitely. So many. I mean, 
business for sure, but even like your personal life, like making decisions for yourself personally and professionally, just because you can, I mean, follow your gut instinct at the end of the day, but yeah, it doesn't mean you always should. So yeah. Okay. So in wrapping up, I have one last question. As an entrepreneur, you're creative, you do so many things. What do you feel like is the most important thing to keep in mind when you want to build a very intentional brand? I would say strategy is everything. I'm biased in this that I love strategy, but I would say strategy is everything. Like no great brand was built on a whim. And if you think about your brand and don't jump into everything like it, like, like we said about services, if you don't jump into everything and a lot of people want to start with the fun stuff, like the visuals and everything like that. And I think if you get really into the nitty gritty of like all the deep thinking stuff prior, then not only will your moves be much more intentional, but they'll also be a lot more impactful both for you and for the people that you're serving. Yeah. Brand strategy is a big thing. And what you said earlier too, about like people want to jump into the fun stuff first. I think that is another hard boundary to navigate as a creative because for us too, the visuals are also fun to carry out. It's also the fun part for us, but we have to help others to understand that like it, it really doesn't come first. And when people do put it first, you're essentially creating something that's A, not intentional and B, not sustainable. So I could not agree with you more on the strategy side of things. And I think a lot of people don't actually fully understand what brand strategy is. So can maybe we extend this question a little bit and can you share with my audience a little bit about what it really looks like to create those foundations before we're focusing on anything visual? Yeah, of course. I think brand strategy looks different for pretty much everyone that I've spoken to. But for me personally, it starts with why. And I think this is one of the biggest questions. And every time I have somebody go through, it's like the pinnacle question that they're like, okay, I really need to dig deep in this one. Because I think that your why isn't just helpful for like creating everything else, but it's actually really, really important when you get I don't know, you get a bit further down the line in business and things get hard because business does get hard and it does sometimes feel hard to show up and do all the things. I think coming back to that why can make those hard days just that little bit easier because you're like, okay, I know why I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. And business is fun, but business can be really difficult as well. So having a really strong why and knowing why you're wanting to do this, who you're wanting to help, I think is a really good, good place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I feel like I'm in a season right now where I have to really focus on my why because you go through these seasons where you feel less motivated and then you go through seasons where you're super motivated and navigating the highs and lows of the entrepreneurial journey. I mean, if you don't have a why to back you up, it can be the reason why you quit. So I love that you start with that, with your clients. And I think a lot of the times the hard part is getting our clients to think deeper. Because a lot of the times, and maybe you can attest to this, they approach us and they just want what they want when they want it. They want yeah. the logo, they want the color palette, they want the brand, but they're not willing to do like the deep work that actually requires, that it requires to create something that is long lasting. And that's the difference between brand strategy and just going to someone for a logo. So yeah, completely. I think that that's exactly what I was going to say is that it's creating a sustainable brand that you can sustain for the long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I think that's the main difference. Yeah, absolutely. Where can my audience connect with you? Tell them all the things. Uh, so I am mostly on Instagram. 
brand new to TikTok, so you can go there, but it's probably not as much there. Um, but yeah, Instagram is the main place, Cecile Creative Studio. Lovely. I'll make sure all the links are in the show notes for everyone who wants to check you out, work with you, see what you're all about. Thank you today for dropping your golden nuggets of knowledge and, and sharing your experiences on your journey to creating your branding marketing studio. So thank you. Thanks so much. You guys, I am so grateful you're here and I would love to hear from you. Screenshot your podcast app and tag the social like a show in your Instagram stories. Let me know what you loved about this episode. I cannot wait to hear from you. And if you feel so moved, please leave me a review. I would be so stoked to hear from you so I can continue to produce episodes you will love. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next week. Bye everyone.